Amen. So I'm going to the word of the Lord today. Uh, I'm not going to have you stand because I've got several scriptures to read here. I'm going to the book of John, chapter number 1. What we just read there in John, chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, has sparked uh, a thought in me. And as I'm working on this thought this week, it started about Monday, I believe it was, Monday or Tuesday, as I've started working on this thought uh, I'm not going to be able to cover it all in one setting, so that's just get ready for that. That'll be a, this will be several weeks here. Um, but John chapter one verse one in the King James: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Uh huh. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. That's pretty good so far, isn't it? We all understand and know that. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Everybody say light. The light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. And we're going to be coming back to that passage in just a few moments. Keep that in mind. The darkness did not comprehend it, did not uh, figure it out there. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men might through him, that all men through him might believe. He, which is talking about John the Baptist, was not that light but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. Now, who's this talking about here? It's talking about Jesus Christ, right? Talking about the Father. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Okay. So he, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Well, that's sad. That's, that's pitiful. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you're sitting in this church today, if and you're full of the Spirit of God, that was not man's plan for you. That was not even your plan for yourself. That was God's eternal plan for each and every one of us. God's eternal plan was to have each of us born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but we were to be born of God. That is our divine destiny and purpose. All right? In the New Living Translation, verse 13 says this, They are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, 
but a birth that comes from God. So we are born with a birth that comes from God. You're here not by accident. Some of us showed up by accident in our natural families. I have a pretty good idea that I was probably not planned. (laughs) Does that bother me? No. What you see is what you get. Hello, here I am. You know, some people, some people think, man, I, I, I was an accident. They didn't plan me. Well, so what? You got here. Let me tell you with all the love I can, quit crying about it. Let's go. Let's do something. Quit crying. Poor Amber. Remember those days, Amber? Amber and I, we'd have meetings about the daycare, and the first thing we'd open up with, we'd, we should have opened up with prayer. But I, I opened up with the first thing was, Amber, we are not, we are not going to cry today, okay? We, we got too much work to do, and we are not crying, okay? She, okay. You, you made it through, didn't you? Still here. Still here. We made it. I said it with all the love I could. She ought to be used to that. She lives like a, a dad who has the same temperament I do. He, I mean, come on. Really? Should be used to this by now. We are here because God put us here. We may not have been in the family planning, but God put us here for a reason, for a purpose. We're all here to do a job. Ginger was talking today in first uh, service about telling people. It's our, it's our mission. It's our duty. It's our calling to tell people. To share the gospel with people. And so we're dealing here with two forces that, that I want to talk about today and, and the next time. Two forces that we're dealing with. The first force is light. We're dealing with light. Okay? Light is good. Light is good when you, when you are in a dark room and you find the light switch. When you're in a dark room, that's the first thing you want to do is find the light switch. Amen. I'll never forget, I was in college, lots of things I experienced in college. I saw my first roach. I'm not talking about a clip that holds a joint either. I'm talking about the bug. You know, and it wasn't, I mean, it, it was, how big, Amy? Big enough you could put saddles on them. And they fly. And they fly. They look like uh, an Apache helicopter coming at you. I got to my room and, and you know, I'm, un, I'm unpacking. I've just driven 1,400 miles by myself in two days. Why my parents sent me by myself, I still don't know. Why? I will not let Macy drive half that distance, right, by herself. But I, we did. I don't know. And I pulled the dresser drawer out, and there it was. And I wasn't as big as I am now. I was a little bit skinnier and more agile, and I screamed. 
slammed the drawer and jumped back. And you know, I decided I would unpack something else for a while until it left. But the only problem was you still know that even if he's left and you don't see him anymore, he's probably watching you. Okay? That was my first experience with the roach. But then after a few months of being there, you kind of get used to it. And I'll never forget, I got up one night in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom. And I walked in the bathroom. Now, we back in, in the day when I was young, we wore what we, on our feet, we called them flip-flops. All right? They were also called thongs. But they were a lot thicker and more, you wore them on your feet, all right? We're not, just never mind about the rest of it. You wore them on your feet. And so I get up and I go into the bathroom and I hit the light switch. And right beside the light switch is a roach. Sleeping, resting, I don't know what he was doing. But the response was totally different this time. Pow! The roach drops to the floor. You put your flip-flop back on. You use the facilities. You shut the light out, and you go back to bed. There you go. All right. So that's, that's where we're at. So that light, when you turn that light on in that dark bathroom, it reveals all sorts of things. I was at a, in a, at a property this week. I was looking at a piece of property, and I, and I was reaching for the light switch in the bathroom, and I couldn't see it. Of course, it was dark, and I put my hand, and I heard a, and about that time, I felt something running down my hand. I had put my hand underneath the soap dispenser. So when I did find the light, I have soap running down my hand. So, clean hands, pure heart. All right. You got to turn a light on. So we deal with light. Light reveals things. Light illuminates things. The other force that we're dealing with is darkness. Now, I'm talking about two basic forces here that, that affect every moment of our lives. Every moment of our existence is affected by either light or darkness. Okay? And so... I want to talk to you for the next uh, little while on the dilemma of darkness. The dilemma of darkness. Darkness has issues with it. Number one, when its room is dark, you do not know where you're going. You can hurt yourself if you're in a dark room and you have no light to help illuminate where you're at and where you're walking. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> light here comes from the Greek word phos. Is that right, Brandon? Phos. It means to shine or make manifest, especially by rays. Now, light, you only see light two, two ways, either from it reflecting off of something or from the source. So when you look at a wall and you see the light on the wall, it is reflecting off the wall. When you look up in these lights, you see it from the source. 
I was in a church one time. I was in charge of getting the lights for the sanctuary. They, they liked the lights that uh, we were looking at. We were looking at big old lights. They were 400-watt metal halides, okay? It was a big sanctuary, seat about 1,000 people. And, and then also they had another quartz bulb inside that lens. So you could turn the metal halide off. I know I'm speaking Greek to some of you. But you'd have that quartz where you could have a funeral or a wedding. You could dim the lights. It was a very nice fixture. But the, the people there were all worried. They're like, oh, that light is so blinding. And I'm like, you're not supposed to be looking up at the light. You're supposed to be looking at each other and looking at, close your eyes and praise Jesus. Or we just pass out sunglasses to everyone. Light, it comes from rays. It makes things manifested. It shines. Darkness. Darkness comes from this word, Scotus, Scotus, Scotus. Which one? Scotus, Scotus. I'm asking Brandon because, you know, when you have 14 master's degrees, you might as well ask somebody that knows. And now he's going to war college. Think about that. Scotus means dimness, shadiness. That would be obscurity, literally and figuratively. Dim, shady, obscure. It sounds, it does sounds a little different than light already, doesn't it? So we deal with these two forces. Now let's go back to John chapter 1 verse 5. All right, Brother Clark, we're getting ready for our experiment here. John chapter 1, verse 5, And the light shines in the darkness, shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Now, that's a nice scripture. I've quoted that for a, a long time. But I, I see that word comprehended, and I'm trying to figure it out. And uh, the w- word comprehended comes from that word right there. Catalambano. Catalambano. Ostamaniano. It means to take eagerly, to seize or possess. Now, we see where it says King James, apprehend, attain. Anytime you see those words in the King James, it will come from that word right there in the Greek. It means to possess. It means to take and seize, to take control of. How's that? So the darkness cannot seize the light. The darkness cannot Take, sneak up and eagerly take the light away from a situation. Amen. That's pretty powerful. In the, today's English version, it says it like this. The word was the source of life and this life brought light to mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never put it out. The darkness has never put it out. Now, brothers and sisters, like I said, Light and darkness affect every part of our lives, every day. We have to make choices and we have to make decisions. We have to make choices to live for the Lord and walk in the light or allow the flesh to rise up and let darkness and dimness come into our spirits. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? But I will tell you this, that the light cannot ever be put out by darkness. That tells me right there that the light is indestructible. The light is invincible. Now, are we ready for our our test? Let's try this. 
Okay? Y'all want to try this? Let's try this. We're going to hit the lights. I don't want anybody to be scared. Amber, no crying. Okay? Just telling you. Look at that now. Now, this is pretty dark. But how much light will it take to break the darkness? One little light. This light is about an inch tall. It's held in my hand. But I can take this light and I can maneuver through this dark room. Amen? We can take this little light and maneuver through the dark room and find our way out without falling over a pew, without falling down steps. In fact, I'm already seeing... The light illuminating the steps that are about eight feet below, six feet below. I'm seeing the floor. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that this little light, just this little light shining in our lives, will push back the darkness. But as easy as it illuminates, if we don't allow it to work, If we don't ever take it and use it, it will not work in our lives. All right, you can give us the lights back. Let me say this. We can take, we can take a structure, two before structure. We can build us around this section here. Oh my, there was a kidnapping. Let's see, at that percentage of missing persons, if we turn the lights off six more times, I will be the only one in here at the end of that. And I'm not going to believe that Brandon went in the rapture without me. There's no way. No, there's, I've known him way too long. I've known him, what, 30 years? Yes. You see, we can take a structure and we can build a two-before structure and drywall and we can, we can box in this this section here or any section in here and only that section will be dark because the rest of the room is still going to be illuminated but then if somebody strikes a light in that chamber that darkness is pushed back as well so what i'm saying is the darkness will never put out the light and god is putting light in our lives hallelujah He had a mission that he shared with Paul. Paul shared this with King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26. It says, who are you, Lord, I ask. He's telling Agrippa about his conversion here. All right? Paul is telling Agrippa about his conversion, and he's telling him what he experienced. And he said, I ask the Lord, who are you, Lord? Because, you know, Paul, being a Jew, did not believe in all the heathen gods of the Old Testament folks, didn't believe in all the oh, the New Testament gods of the Romans or the Greeks. Paul was a Hebrew. He knew, what's that scripture, Ginger? Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And so the first thing that Paul, after he's knocked to the ground, wants to know is, 
Who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. He said, now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. You are to tell the world what you have seen and what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles. Now watch this. Why? Let's ask that question. Let's ask it Texas style. Why? Why? Why, Paul, am I sending you to the Gentiles? To open their eyes so they can turn from darkness to light? And from the power of Satan to God, that they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. So verse 18, let's break it down. He said, I'm going to send you to open their eyes so they can turn from darkness to light. So apparently, we are born with darkness in our lives. We come out of the womb Full of darkness. It's like there's somebody there with a stamp. This this angel or imp, this demon, whatever it is. And as soon as you come out, they stamp right on your forehead. Sinner. Sinner. Now, that's an innocent baby. Talk about an innocent baby. Look at her. She's asleep. She was accused yesterday of something at church, and I didn't believe it. She's only 19 pounds. Is she 19 pounds? Barely. She's just over the... Those babies are innocent. The Bible says that we should cry at births and rejoice at funerals. Do you know it says that? We should rejoice when the, when the saints die and cry when they're born into the world because of this world... We come out and we're stamped with sinner all over us. Brother Tracy, how can that be? Pastor, how in the world can that be? I don't know, but it just seems so natural. When your year and a half or two-year-old steals that uh, thumb sucker, that ring pop from Walmart. She can't even hardly talk. You sound like you've experienced that. Yeah. There you go. Pastor's kids shoplifting at Walmart. There's one for you. But we get out and we're unloading everything in the car from Walmart. And lo and behold, Macy pulls out this thumb pop. And the mother looks at the father and says, did you buy that? No. And the father looks at the mother and says, did you buy that? No. Nobody bought it. Macy, where did you get it? I took it off the shelf. How does she know to do that? It's in our nature. I can say that because she's not here to defend herself. It's in our nature. It's in our nature. Why? When you start reading all through the Old Testament and in, in, Le, in Leviticus, when, they, when the law is being laid out and God starts talking about uh, fornication. Why does he have to talk about fornication? Because it's in our nature. What about homosexuality? It's in our nature. What about bestiality? It's in our nature. 
It is in our base nature. Everything that the Word of God talks about is in our nature. It's that dark nature that we automatically come with. And God said to Paul, I am calling you to go to the Gentiles that you can help them turn from darkness to the light. Guess what? People in Vandalia, Illinois, in Fayette County, Illinois, in Illinois-USA, in USA-Western Hemisphere, in Western Hemisphere-the entire world, people are going to have to come out of darkness in order to get in the light, in order to see the kingdom of heaven. Amen? That's why it blew my mind. I had never heard of a college program where you could stay with you and live with your boyfriend and become a missionary. I had never heard of that before. Holy smokes. It just shake, makes me shake my head. My head shakes more like this every day I get older because I do not understand it. It's getting crazy. Anybody else living in a crazy world? It's getting crazy. But everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. What? But the Bible says... That you have to leave the darkness to get to the light. You cannot stay in darkness and please God. So in order to do that, Paul said, God said this. He said, not only do I want you to deliver them and, and help them turn from darkness to light. He said, I am from the power of Satan to God. Now, if we go to Matthew chapter 6 that I was talking about, you will find that no man can serve Two masters. We can't. Either you are going to love the one and hate the other, or you're going to hate the one and love the other. Okay? Ginger, did you ever hear about the the Civil War soldier who had blue pants and a gray shirt? Did you ever hear about him? What was his story? He wore both colors so he wouldn't get shot at. But he ended up getting killed anyway. Guess what? You cannot serve the darkness and serve the light as well. Because this is a very, there's a very definitive line in our walk with the Lord. At that, at that minister's meeting that we had, we, we used to get together as, as pastors and ministers that tried to once a month. We'd go, we, that's when Chuck Wagon was for real. That's when you could go there and eat a dinner at 8 o'clock at night. Now they've shut the whole place down at 3. You can't get anything done by 3 in the afternoon. You've got to have the night hours. So we're just sitting around there, and it's like, is there any way that people can come into church and not feel bad? Yes. The only way that can happen is they're going to have to get out of darkness and get in light. You know, and this is hard. This is a hard gospel here. This is hard to tell somebody in a, in a feel-good world that, you know what, half the people in the world ain't going to heaven. Probably even worse than that, a lot of the people that say they're going to heaven are not going to heaven. Because I have road construction that says that... Wide is the road and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many on that path. 
But straight is the way and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And the King James says, and few there be that go in thereat. That tells me there's going to be more going to hell than there are going to heaven. Well, how can you say that, Pastor? Because I got word on it. I also have a sad scripture in Isaiah that says this, hell hath enlarged herself. Because hell was not big enough for everybody that's headed that way. But if you tell people, you know what, you got to do this and this to get out of the darkness into the light, they plumb get mad at you. And what I'm really enjoying now in my walk with the Lord is I'm enjoying people that are only half living for the Lord and are always chewing me out about not being nice. And that just brings out my kindness. And my personality says, well, I'll tell you what. If you you think that's, I'm going to live even harder for the Lord. I'm going even harder for Jesus. And you're just going to have to pick up the pieces from where you're at and either chase me and try to catch me or pass me up. That's all right if you want to pass me up. But God said, I want them to turn from darkness to light and I want them to come out from under the power of Satan and I want them to get to God. That they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place amongst God, among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. You know what that just said? God's people are set apart. We're set apart. You know what another word to call is means set apart is? Holy. We're holy. Noah, when, when the Lord gave me that word with Noah, before, before Austin even gave that message, the Lord said, this church and you are just like Noah. You are doing something that is unpopular. There are, you are doing something that does not make any sense. You are you, in a whole world of, of all the friendly things and secret friendly mess and all that. You're trying to, and striving to have a place where I can still come and move and still do my thing. Guess what? I have friends of mine that I grew up with in college that I won't preach in their churches ever again because they don't want my style. My style's too hard. I guess it was evident here today because the family just up and walked out in the dark. No, I'm kidding. They knew. I love them. They, I think they love me. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you picking this up? Is that what it is? You picking up what I'm putting down? Picking up what I'm dropping? I'm telling you. You've all heard it at work. Why, why you go to family worship center? You're in church an hour and a half. Can't you get it done in 20 minutes? Can't you get it done in a half hour? You got things to do. My Lord, and then he wants you to come to church on Wednesdays, and then he wants you to fast. Oh, man, you, I mean, you when fasting comes up, people ain't never heard of fasting. And so we're set apart by God, by faith. First Peter 2.9, and I'm closing. First Peter 2.9, amplified version, says this. But you are a chosen race. Everybody say chosen. You've been chosen, brothers and sisters. For some reason, God has his eyeballs on you. For some reason, God has a plan for you and for me. So I'm telling you that to say this. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. The enemy says you're not worthy. The enemy says you'll never do it. The enemy tells you you're a failure. I tell you, God has chosen you. So if God has chosen you, God is greater than any lie that the devil can tell you. Amen? Stop feeling like you're not worthy. 
So really, God's a choleric. He comes in the room and he says, we're not crying anymore. We ain't doing it. He said, I need you to get your big boy panties on. I need you to get your sword. I need you to get your belt on. I need you to get your shield. I need you to get your helmet. We're going to battle. Come on. Come on. And the devil, you know what? The devil always wants to remind you of your past. Well, you know, you came out of this and you were that. and You were a liar and a cheater and all this stuff and blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. But that's the past. I said, that is the past. The past. God has amnesia. Because I believe it's in Isaiah where God says, talking about if you ask for forgiveness, I will forgive you. And he says this, and I will remember your sins no more. You ever read that scripture? I will remember your sins no more. God doesn't care where you came from. God is concerned about where we are going. Amen. It doesn't matter where you came from. That's the past. You cannot. You can drive yourself into the crazy house trying to fix the past. You're never going to fix the past. The past is the past is the past. Now, Disney gave us a good example. They ain't given us a good example for a long time, but this was a good one. You know, Disney's getting everything they deserve. All that darkness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Lord, you know, CNN Plus lasted 23 days. God's tearing this whole thing down. Amen. God's tearing her down. Brothers and sisters, we're just going to keep building the ark of the anointing. But in the movie, The Lion King, you know, Rafiki's there and he's talking to little Simba who's on the run because Simba, you know, he killed his dad. Why? Because he was believing a lie. You stop believing the lies, brothers and sisters. Stop believing the lies. Every time the devil opens up his mouth, the devil is lying. Every time he opens up his mouth, he is lying. When his lips are moving, he's lying. So he says, that's a lie. You know, you didn't do that. But you've got to remember who you are. You've been chosen. We have been chosen. We are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. We are a dedication, dedicated nation. Look what God says here. God's own purchased special people. Now, I did learn that in Bible college. It cost me thousands of dollars, but that word peculiar does mean purchased. Okay, I did learn that. And I had to do my own paper. Johnny. I could never do what you and Brandon are doing. There ain't no way. I just need to go mow grass. Hallelujah. Burn trees down. Now, you're special people. You're purchased people. God has called you. It's time. He's leaving in the light. I know where he's at. God has called each and every one of us. And then Rafiki takes his staff and smacks Simba upside the head. And he says, what did you do that for? And he says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. And the next time he takes a swipe, swipe at him, he ducks. He's learning. So you learn from your past, but you don't get hung up on your past anymore. It doesn't matter what you did a year ago. It doesn't matter. I had somebody walk into our church. We were over on Main Street at the time. This guy walked in. We are having church. 
on a, on a, on a Sunday morning in 2008, it was when a hurricane was coming up from Texas. There was a hurricane blowing, and, some, and they opened the door, and this woman was standing there, and her umbrella went backwards like Mary Poppins. And the wind is blowing. I'm like, get on in here before you drown. That Sunday, 21 visitors showed up at church. Do you know what we were doing for advertising? We, we don't know. They just showed up. God sent them. And in this group was an, an older gentleman. And they came for a few Sundays, and finally he stops at the door. We were talking at the door before he left. He said, can you? Can I talk to you for a moment? And I'm closing here. And, and he says, we, we walk a little way from everybody. And he says, I don't know after I tell you this if you want me to be part of this church or not. I love this church. I'd like to be part of this church. But he said, I was convicted and I served time in the Indiana State Penitentiary. And I'm thinking, okay, what for? Theft? Drugs? He said, double murder. I said, well, that's a little big, right? Not just one. I said, well, do you still have those same feelings today? And he said this. He said, no. He said, that's in my past. I've asked the Lord to forgive me. I'm filled with his spirit now. And he said, I would love to be part of this congregation. I said, brother, if that's the way you feel, you are more than welcome in this house to worship and praise. Amen. Why? Because the past is the past. But God has called each and every one of us, and he is equipping us for the end time. He is getting us ready for this end time deal that he's doing. We are God's own purchased special people. Pat yourself on the chest and say, I'm special. You're special. I'm telling you, you're special. You are a child of God. Let's all stand. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six says this amplified for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts. So as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels of earth. Brothers and sisters, the power of the Holy Ghost lives inside of these bodies. I believe it's First uh, Corinthians is six nine nine six, talking about the. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? And that word temple comes from the word nahas, which means, remember the tabernacle plan that we did a few months ago when, when I was taught on the tabernacle for a couple of weeks? Where the Ark of the Covenant dwelt, the most holy place, the holies of holies, dwelt the Ark of the Covenant. Paul said, don't you know? that now your bodies are the most holy place where the Holy Ghost dwells now. It's not in the form of a box. 
and it's not represented by an ark, but it is the power of the light of the gospel in our frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not of ourselves. You and I have the Holy Ghost. We got everything in us to let the light shine. You got everything in you to let the devil know that I'm not believing your lies anymore. I'm a special purchased possession here, bro. You can find bro, whatever you want to do. Let me tell you something, devil. We're going to listen. I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying that faith bombs begin to blow up in many people's lives and hearts around here. I'm praying that the faith rises in this place and folks that you are so mad at the devil that you're going to say, I'm getting ready to take you for a ride. And for the next 45 minutes, we're going to have a talk and I'm just going to sit here and drive and talk in tongues because that's perfect prayer. And I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in the Holy Ghost. You see, the devil, whenever he tries to remind you of your past, you just need to remind him of his future. Because while the devil is constantly coming down, he was in heaven, now he's the prince and power of the air. Revelation chapter 13, he will be thrown to the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And then he will go into uh, hell and the lake of fire forever and ever. And while the devil is going down, The church is going up. Special purchased possession. Amen. 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 Ephesians 5. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For the light within you produces only what is good and right and true. You were once full of darkness, but now you got the light in you. Amen. Anybody glad you got the light in you today? Give the Lord a praise if you're glad about that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the dilemma of darkness. Darkness is going to be defeated. Darkness is already a a marked foe. The end of darkness is coming. Let's all gather around here. Let's all gather around for just a season of worship prayer right now.